Hey everyone, uh, Anders Holmes here from the Holmes Movies Podcast. Uh, the we During the episode that you're about to listen to where we uh, talk about Blade Runner, there was a slight issue with my uh, recording device that halfway through the episode it uh, stopped recording and basically froze. So the audio that, that is of me is from my internal microphone and my computer so it's so that's why the audio for me is not as good as uh, Adams where he he um, he's using his, his own microphone so yeah I just wanted to mention that before uh, jumping into the episode but anyway enough of me um, enjoy hey, people listen up it's a fucking lockdown right oh, now. Come off it. We're no, not in no. a prison drama, are we? We are in a prison drama. This is the fucking Shawshank Redemption, right? But with more tunneling through shit, no fucking redemption. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. <gasps> it's the end of the world. I ain't going with you. I'll go with child. Hey, fuck you, Parker. I'm going with you. Who says I want you going with me? All right, cut the bullshit. Because the whole world gone crazy. Hey! Everybody calm the fuck down. Hello and welcome to another episode of Holmes Movies Recommends. My name is Anders Holmes and I'm joined by my brother Adam over Zoom in uh, the uh, country formerly known as the United States of America. Yes, we are now the Republic of QAnon. Hello, Anders. I for one welcome our new QAnon overlords. Um, no, I don't know. Um, yes, hello. It's also, we've been having the virtual Democratic Convention this week, which has been very interesting. Um, yep. And uh, yeah. Got to watch Barack Obama last night, which brought a tear of nostalgia for an era which wasn't completely insane, just moderately insane. Um, yeah. How are you? I'm good. Um, it's been hot here the last past couple of weeks. That's Boiling. unusual. Yeah, which uh, made uh, every Copenhagener go straight to the beach and crowd every area. So it was very difficult to have any sense of like social distancing whatsoever so you know it's fun you know sun is out here Quick, comes the second wave yeah here comes the second wave and uh, <laughs> yeah. and there's been a few cases popping up since like the end of july which is people will congregate that's the thing yeah. they you, you you don't keep people away from each other using strict religious codes or the threat of violence uh, or the law uh people just want to get right up in each other's shit they just want to get and they want to lick each other. They want to. They want to. They want to go to the beach and and play volleyball and dry hump and and God knows. And it's just you know it's sinful. That's what it is. And I think uh, we should get back to the good old fashioned Puritanism that ruled Denmark in the nineteenth uh, century. Yeah, but this is this, you know what this is good for us. Why is it good for us? Because that means more people are going to be having to go back inside, stay put, and watch films. And where exactly. are they going to if they yeah. if they've watched all the films already? Where are they going to get ideas for new? films from exactly That's from true. movies recommend yes and so, also kids 
not going to school so they can watch movies. Right, exactly. You don't need to go to school. You can learn everything you need to learn from watching movies. Exactly. Especially, yeah. you know, American films, which tell the truth about history. Like, I don't know, they died with their boots on, which I'm not recommending. Um, or <laughs> Birth of a Nation. No, okay, don't. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> yeah, don't talk about Birth of a Nation oh, yeah. at this point. <laughs> Holmes Movies recommends Birth of a Nation. Um, are you drinking milk? I'm drinking uh, soya milk. What? Why are you drinking soya milk? Soy milk. Soybeans, soy milk. It's well, it's got calcium in it, so it, it has the taste of milk. Have you been talking to Greta Thunberg? What's going on? No, I'm just trying I'm trying different I'm making smoothies, but this is like I'm using soy milk. In, you, in, do you just want to be in Los Angeles? Is that the thing? You know, you could just move there. I don't want to move there. It's on fire at the moment. Have you seen the news? Yeah. True. But look. Um yeah. Have you got any coconut water in your fridge? No, I hate coconut water. Yeah, it's good. It's horrible stuff. Okay, that's good. And you're still, you're still. I got like a bottle of like clean coconut water, and it like I. What, it what do you mean good. clean coconut water? Is that dirty coconut water? No, I mean it was like like just coconut water, like in a bottle you can get in a store. What was it clean about it? What is it? What? I don't know. Just like I don't know. I don't know. It's just like just you know, like fresh, the unique. I don't know. Unique. Are you ill? <laughs> okay um uh, enough of this eccentricity uh what are you doing today what do we rec- what do we are you, we are doing a recommendation episode right we are doing a recommendation episode okay. yes yeah. so last time it was you and you recommended uh i was about to say general bonner but no it's junior, junior bonner. bonner yeah that's a yeah great film so yeah i feel like i am going to recommend something um Actually, I'm going to recommend a film that I saw recently, which is uh, a film that um, has a cult. It has a cult uh, following. It's uh, an 80s classic. There's multiple versions of the film, and you know, it's a Blade Runner. Yes, Blade Runner. Are you actually recommending Blade Runner? Yes, I'm recommending Blade Runner. Everyone's seen Blade Runner. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, okay, recommend it. Recommend Blade Runner, which no one has seen. Cult classic, an obscure movie from the 80s. Well, no one went to go see it when it came out in the 80s. Like, oh, the movie was a huge, like, flop. Yes, it's true. I suppose it's true. But <laughs> and as I, I venture that some of our listeners, maybe even most of our listeners, have seen Blade Runner. Are you recommending that they revisit Blade Runner? Yes, because I think it's it's worth checking out now. Worth checking out. And this is one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time, and you're saying it's worth checking out? It's a cult classic with a small but devoted following? Where have you been living? <laughs> Copenhagen. Uh, don't answer that question. No, Ju- justify yourself. Why are you recommending? It's 2020. The world is on fire. You are recommending Blade Runner. I mainly recommend it because the first time I watched Blade Runner, because I like when I heard about the film, I heard about it as like a it's like sci-fi classic. You know, Ridley Scott directed it, and Ridley Scott's like everybody loves Ridley Scott. You know, those people who like Gladiator and Alien, and that's it basically. <laughs> And forget all about all the other films that he directed and things like that. But is that like, wait, hang, hang a minute? Are you saying that Ridley Scott only has done three great movies: Gladiator, Alien, and this? No, I'm only, I'm saying that when people say like, "Oh, I love Ridley Scott," like Gladiator, Alien, yeah, amazing. Like because they and they forget about all the other great films that he did, like The Duelists. Yes. But um, no, the reason, like the first time I watched it, I admit I was not a fan. I didn't quite. You know, I, I I understood like why people enjoy the film. I understand why people highly regard it, and see, and I can understand why it's so influential with its 
you know, it's cyberpunk uh, world, it's the style of it and everything, like the production design is amazing and the, what it's done for sci-fi in general, it, I can understand it, but like, I, the more I watched it, I sort of looked at it from like a perspective of like, you know, who we are as human, this like the duality between humanity and machines and, you know, what makes us human. Like I've read the book, which is based off Philip K. Dick's novel, The Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And the book is very different from the movie. Like the writers, Hampton Fancher, I don't think he actually read the book, but they sort of, it's more of a thematic adaptation of the book. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And like this, the whole like world, like, the, like it's this futuristic world that happens in 2019, which is funny watching the film now and we passed 2019, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, and it's not completely off the mark. I mean, when no. you think about a corporation, a technological corporation that mostly controls everything, a world yeah. where the climate is inhospitable and where, you know, there is a kind of a, a caste system between workers who are sort of treated like machines and then machines who do the work, you know. Yeah, and and people who there are there are there are there are people in the world who enjoy the benefits of all of this wealth that has been created and that there and then of course there are people who don't and that that being the majority um but so when you first watch it you say you didn't enjoy it as much i had a similar response when i first watched it i was like okay i see i see what i see i see that this is good but i'm not sure I'm not sure if it's the complete film yet. And then I've watched it, sub every time I've watched it subsequently, it's grown in my estimation and I yeah. love it now. Okay. I mean, I really, truly love it. So I need, I mean, I yeah. don't take the piss out of you recommending a film that everyone has seen, but maybe there are other people out there who need to watch this movie again, especially now that it's 2020. Yeah, I think, like, I, I, I was like that with you. I think when I first watched it, because I was... I'm sure other people were like this in, 19, in the 19, I think it was 1982 or 81 when the film came out. And it was, you know, when you put Harrison Ford in a film, you kind of expect it to be like, oh, it's going to be like a Star Wars Indiana Jones kind of film because he was yeah. just coming off Indiana Jones, the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But no, it's a more like cerebral, slow, thought-provoking, you know, movie. And, you know, it, you know, Harrison Ford is a bit like a bit of a drunk in the film. He's not like, he's a bit, you know, withered by time and everything like that and he well, might it, be a replicant. It's a film noir. That's yeah, exactly. what it is. It's, it's it's not a it's it's ultimately a film noir first and a sci-fi second. Yeah. Neo noir as they say. Right, yeah, sure. But, but it is a it is that it is straight out of the nineteen forties and the music is yeah. in parts like really casting back to um films like um well, in the first instance, there's a similarity to Chinatown, which, of course, itself borrows from um, yes. The Big Sleep, from Murder, My Sweet, from uh, these kind of urban film noirs, like you know, the, the um, Kiss Me Deadly. It definitely has that vibe. I've seen three... There's three versions of the film. There's the theatrical at version. At least. There's also the, least, the yeah. ones that fans have edited on, you know, the internet. Yeah, I know. I mean, the one that I saw recently was actually, it's on Netflix, is the theatrical version. And the theatrical version has footage from The Shining. Because in the, the versions that I've seen, the movie ends yeah. with, with Harrison Ford closing the door and that's it. But then in this version that I saw, the version that everyone saw back in the 80s, 
they're flying, you know, yeah. in, in the middle of nowhere. And also the thing that's more notable in this, in this, in this version of the film is the fact that there is narration. I watched this version too once. I watched it on the plane. Um, okay. And um, it's interesting. It is very interesting. But also I find, because I've seen versions of the film where there isn't any narration, and I think the narration is in there to kind of, it's there, it's sort of there to kind of, it, it's expositional. It's there to kind of, for the stupid people in the audience who aren't as quite clever, you know, to catch up with what's going on in the film and things like that. So well, that's one way of putting it. Like, it's just like, it's over explaining it. It's presuming that there are stupid yeah. people in the audience. It's presuming that people won't be able to understand the plot, which yeah. is pretty easy to understand, let's be honest. Like, I, yes. I, and, and, and it's funny actually, because I actually think the narration is pretty good. I think the, um, the, uh, there's something uh, because Harrison Ford didn't want to do the narration he believed in the Ridley Scott version of it and yeah. um and you can hear that he doesn't want to do it in the in the recording but the um but that sort of lends itself to that that actually that helps uh but no I, so the version I've seen what's that that's the what the one I have on DVD is the that's the 1996 or 97 director's cut director's cut so that for me that that feels pretty definitive i mean i i find that yeah. to be pretty much perfect um one the one that i have on blu-ray is the final cut now what's the difference between that and the one i have it's basically it it's the same as the director's cut it's just gone in and kind of finessed a few things and you know it does a little Tito bit shoots uh, first in that one or whatever no it's just a bit like it does a little bit of a george lucas like fix some of the special effects and you know fixes a few because there's like a, there's like in the theatrical cut there's like one bit where he goes to speak to like a snake guy and the audio is out of sync with the dialogue so he goes back and fixes that hmm. and then there's the moment where one of the the replicants zora is running through like glass windows in a really really cool sequence and you can kind of tell at some moments where it's the actress and then very obviously it's the stunt double. So they went back and kind of fixed that. So it's a little bit of yeah. like finessing and, you know, ironing out the creases and things like that. It's basically the director's cut. And also they, they re cause you remember in the director's cut, there's that weird shot of the unicorn. The, the actual unicorn in the forest. Yes. Yeah. So they, they put that, they placed that in a different point in the film. Hmm. Uh, see, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be interested to see that, but I think the director's cut is pretty good. So, so why should people revisit Blade Runner? I mean, apart from the fact that it's a really fucking good movie. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, I think, because it has a lot to say about, you know, humanity and how we treat ourselves, the world that we create, and, and the fact that, you know, like, I think one of the interesting aspects of Ridley Scott's sci-fi films and the way that sort of corporations run the world and yeah. over there's like huge like in, in the scenes in the movie where like Harrison Ford is like chasing people through the streets there's like overpopulation of different like different races like Asian English and American and all this sort of stuff so it, it really kind of gives us like all these films in the 80s they really gave a sense of like what you know they weren't too far off on what you know our world is like today and things like that and all this stuff that's going on in the world and you know expansion like going into other worlds and things like that and just yeah. from like a thematic point of view the film is really interesting and the more I've, the more i have watched it i've sort of looked at it instead of not looking at going looking at oh that's a really cool shot and i like all those little set design moments and things like that but i look at it in sort of sense of like what's this film trying to say and i think the more times you watch it you really get a sense of like what ridley scott was trying to do while at the same time trying to deal with you know outside 
you know, people being telling him what to do on set because it was a very difficult film to make. The, it's it's highly highly prescient, and I think it's very interesting that Ridley Scott comes from the world of advertising, or at least he'd done a lot of work in advertising. Yeah, because um, his attitude, as you say, an alien, and then this towards corporations, and you see it with the Coca Cola uh, adverts and the huge Zeppelins describing the off-world colonies, is 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 you know there's a, there's definite um, statement there, and the Tyrell Corporation, which you could replace with I don't know Amazon, Apple, Google, you name it, uh, is, um, is 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 as evil as they come, and and they but they're also so just they're they're everywhere, you know these replicants yeah. are everywhere, these um, the technology um, that they use is everywhere and you know is is Deckard a replicant you know is the eternal question um which well, in I my mean, opinion I think he might be um but the I don't think he is because if you've seen the sequel they don't really kind of go in oh, but I'm, not, I'm not talking about the sequel I'm just talking about this film as a I, I think that you know just to just to discuss the film on its own terms I know that the sequel pretty much puts that question to bed but it's an interesting it's a very very interesting um idea but just to finish the thought i think the other thing that's in insanely prescient about this is as you say yeah urban overcrowding um people crowding together in the few places that are habitable which is gonna happen and it's gonna and yeah. this is or and you can see it already it's like this this racist trope of like invasion by you know it's going on in the uk at the moment that there are going to be there are people coming from the south uh who are going to come and you know from the equator who are going to come and um try and get into our countries you know these people are fleeing wars at the moment but in 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 a few decades time it's going to be mass drought and famine and all the rest yeah. of it that people are going to be fleeing you get the sense in this that the los angeles of of 2019 is one of the few places that is actually habitable even though it feels pretty goddamn bleak and it's the, yeah. it's not the it's not the privilege to are there because they've all fucked off to the outer world colonies or whatever. This is like the, the people who are left, as you say, a kind of mix of Asians and Eurasians and Europeans and whatever. And, um, and I feel like that has, that is a real sort of warning in the film, um, a global warning. Uh, and, um, and, and I, and the acid rain references and all that stuff. And so, and, and just how inevitably when we talk about, climate change so much of the discussion rebounds to class and that's the sort of the unspoken message in this film and and what what there is no class system left on the planet except for the people like tyrell who are the sort of overlords and it feels like the great the wealth has fled and so what's yeah. left is the you have some you have these people who are there for criminal purposes for entertainment purposes whatever who are kind of like they're not really a um they're sort of a, a kind of a uh, a demimond of of different types of people that really is shown in that bar sequence which is brilliant and then the um you have the tyrell and you you wonder why tyrell is still there in his big you know monolithic palace and then you ha really have the sort of the specialists but these specialists are you know i'm thinking of um oh what's the guy's name is it james wong um Oh, the guy who makes the eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's James Wong. And um, and obviously, um, oh Jesus, uh, what's his name? Um, Sanderson, Michael Sanderson. Um, okay, yeah, Sebastian. E.B. Farnham from Deadwood. Um, yeah. You know these people who have highly specialized knowledge, but who don't, who who obviously live quite um, 
restricted existences um and then you know i think the line that really speaks to this like weird world of you know this very restricted world is um you know where the the police chief says you know you're either police or you're little people you know and there's no you you don't want to be at the bottom of this pile because we're at the dregs of society have been left on the planet but there's still going to be there's still a hierarchy and you want to be as far uh, uh, you far, far up that ladder as possible it's just such a bleak view of humanity and i i love it <laughs> yeah it's it's quite interesting it's 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 interesting watching the film now with the way the world is going it does kind of does speak to like where we're going or where we are we where we already are yeah i mean so, i think it's i honestly i think it is yeah where we already are in some ways um yeah. you know it is um <laughs> yeah um so um well, so, so it's, I'm, I think it's, I mean, it's, I do think it's interesting that you brought it up. I mean, I, we've not been really recommending these sort of, this is probably the most well-known film we've, we've recommended so far. Yeah. Um, uh, just because I saw it recently and I showed it to, to Lena, my girlfriend, for the first time. She really enjoyed it and I hadn't seen it for a while and it was, it was quite cool just kind of in, reintroducing myself to it. And it's a really interesting film. It's such a well-made film. Like the set designs are amazing. Like, everything about it is just beautiful and the music is great the cast is great harrison ford's really good rutger hauer who plays roy bassey oh. the late rutger hauer like his last like his last little monologue oh at the end God. of the movie which he did it's quite funny there's a really funny production story with that when they were having a table read because the script is written by two people it's written by hampton fancher and the the the, the, the film originated with him if you watch the documentary behind the scenes of Dangerous Days, it's really quite funny, funny watching the documentary because there's the producer on that film, Michael Dealey. Every person he talks about, he always says, oh, this man, oh yeah, he's a very good dear friend of mine, a very good dear friend of mine. Like everybody he mentions, like who they talked about on the film, he always says that. It's really quite funny. But anyway, and they were having it. So it originated with Hampton Fancher and Hampton Fancher, uh, he collaborated a lot with Ridley Scott. But I feel like as the project evolved, Ridley wanted to go in a very different way. So he brought on screenwriter David Webb Peoples, who most people will recognize the name as the guy who wrote Unforgiven, which was directed by Ken Eastwood. And they were having a table read with all the actors after they were cast and they were reading, it, it gets to the scene with Rutger Hauer where he, he says the tears and the rain monologue. And in the script, it's like a really, really, really long descriptive piece. And Rutger Hauer, without telling anybody, he just kind of annotated it and just did it in his own little way and he improvised the moment where he says all those moments will be lost like tears and rain and then after he said that he just kind of gave david webb peoples this sort of really cheeky kind of like <laughs> look at me i'm changing your script well it's also he he's written one of the best lines in movie history <laughs> that's one yeah. of the greatest <laughs> that's one of the greatest lines in any film all of these yeah. words will be lost like tears and rain is that whole you know i've seen things you can never dream of and I mean, it's just wild. Uh, and, and, and yeah. you know, Rutger Hauer is amazing. Uh, Edward James Olmos, uh, M. Emmett Walsh. Um, Daryl Hannah as well. Daryl Hannah. Um, uh, what's the guy who plays uh, Tyrell? Uh, John, is it John Turkle? Um, yeah, he's in, um, he's in The Shining. He plays Lloyd. Yeah, I know, he's in The Shining. Um, and uh, he's also in Paths of Glory, the uh, Stanley Kubrick film. Is he? Yes, oh. he's a very young chap. He's one of the, one of the men who's... Uh, uh, sentenced to death in that one. Um, I did not know that. Well, um, there you go. 
And also uh, Sean Young, who plays... Uh, Sean Young is, is, is fabulous in it, yeah. Yeah, she plays Rachel. She's really good in the film. I think, yeah, it's, I think she, she was in a lot of really, really good films. It's, it's, it's a shame that, I don't know, it feels like Hollywood kind of forgotten about it, but then she also had, there was, I think people, there was also, she, she also had some mental health issues and things like that. I'm so sorry really to hear that. Yeah, it's really sad. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of the, yeah, you know, you hear a lot about, um, I mean, there are yeah. people who were, you know, stupendously famous female film stars in the 80s who just drop off the face of the earth and a lot of the time it is just mm. that the people who make the movies decided that they're too old um whereas the main actors like tom cruise get to be first name on the uh, first build cast member now you know in 2020 and yeah. there are people like um uh people like sean young and, and these others have, have just gone by the wayside um so yeah sexism is alive and well um Anyway, should we um should we wrap this up? Because I mean we could just sit here and talk about Blade Runner for hours, but um Yes it's yeah, uh, well. it's a phenomenal movie. I mean and and I think yeah, sure, go ahead. Recommend a film that everyone has seen, but um it's um it's always fun to revisit films and sort of reintroduce films to people and I I mean yeah. I feel like if if anyone hasn't seen Blade Runner, you should definitely check it out. It's really worth watching. And also I feel like watch it once take a couple of days and then watch it again. And if you really want to watch the sequel, definitely watch the sequel. And I would say that the sequel is actually a little bit better than the first one. That's clearly bullshit. But um, I... Was my personal opinion. Yeah, but your personal but, opinion can be bullshit, um, as, as it so often is. But it's still, Blade Runner 2049 is also a fucking magnificent piece of filmmaking. Okay. I heard, I in fairness, I have heard that it's very, very good. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people maybe think that Blade Runner is um, a bit dated or, um, you know, maybe haven't checked it out, but know that it's a film they should see. Um, I, and I, I would really recommend people just to make the, if they haven't seen it, to, to really make that uh, a matter of urgency because it is just so good. And I'm biased, but, um, and, I know, and, I, and I think there'll be people who listen to this who go and watch it and you think, ah, I don't know, I don't like that. Um, but you know, I, I think that even so, it's uh, it's just uh, as you say, it's that um, the fact that it is both very influential, clearly on um, you know a lot of different films. Um, uh, there are um, you know when you think about a film like Sin City, for example, when you think about the Christopher Nolan Batman films, um, you know you think about so much um, like urban neo-noir sci-fi stuff that's been made since uh it, it owes such a huge debt to uh to blade runner um but also it just it owes a lot to it, i mean the fact that like, yeah people... and that's what i was gonna say it also stretches back and gives us so it really yeah. presents that through line to the old to not just film noir but through film noir back to um back to german expressionism so really i mean because i think one of the one of the films that blade runner also owes a huge debt to is is metropolis i mean in in many ways blade runner is almost a remake of metropolis and um and so well it's not quite in terms of plot but you see what i mean like in terms of its in terms of it has, vision like, it of the future connections to it yeah so i think the um so really the, the the story of blade runner which runs into our own time and runs back to the 1920s you know it's 100 years old so and and when you throw the book in there as well you know this is a this is a huge um text for one to the better word you know blade yeah. runner is a is an essential film yes sure is well that's my recommendation of the day do check back to see what 
Adam will be recommending. Yeah, I'm going to be recommending a little-known movie which uh, very few people have seen called Casablanca. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. Way to stick it to me, big brother. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, have a good day, everyone. Uh, stay safe. Yeah.